Belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. This week's message is called Peace, the fourth Sunday of Advent for December 20th, 2020. The location is the Ray Homestead in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the speaker is John Ray. Welcome to everyone who may be watching or listening. We're really glad you're joining us with us. Uh, you know, tomorrow night's a special night. In addition to the blue Christmas service, it's the longest night of the year. But there's also this thing that's going to be happening. It's called a grand conjunction. And this is when Jupiter and Saturn are going to meet. Their paths, their orbits are going to cross in such a way that it looks like one star from our perspective. Um, the, the last time this happened was July 16th, 1623, when Galileo was actually naming the four moons of Jupiter. But chances are he didn't see it. No one else saw it because of the way that it was with the angle of the sun. So the last visible one that happened was March 4th in the year 1226. Now think about that. Genghis Khan was roaming the plains of India or uh, Asia at that time. 800 years since we've been able to see this grand conjunction. Now, after this great conjunction ends, we'll only have to wait 60, not 800 years for the next close one. So think about that, like Bolton and Kate and Lorelai and Milo, they could they could go out tomorrow night and see this and in 60 years later from now. They could say we've they've seen two in their lifetime. It seems kind of random though, right? 60 years between one, 800 years between the next. I think our lives can kind of feel that way at times. Sometimes it seems like things take forever to happen, if ever they will. Other times we don't have to wait that long relatively, but it happens with regular occurrence and we get breakthroughs. That's the thing with waiting, right, is we don't know how long it's going to take. Israel waited for generations, generation upon generation, for a deliverer, for an end to their oppression, an end to their wandering, their walking, their waiting, longing for peace, for the conjunction of justice and freedom to meet so that they could find peace. Well, let's see what that means for our own waiting this Advent season. Uh, If you have your Bibles, like turn to the story in Luke 1, where we're going to read the, the psalm or the prophecy of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah, you remember, was John the Baptist's dad. He was the one, one of the first that was appeared to by the angel. And his response was to be turned mute, right? Like that is the phrase of COVID, right? Is you're on mute. That's what we hear in every meeting. Well, Zechariah got put on mute. It wasn't just because he wasn't technologically savvy. He got put on mute by an angel for the entire duration of his wife Elizabeth's pregnancy until the time of naming of John. And when that time came, And the people assumed that he would be named after his father, Zechariah. And they asked him to write down what his son's name would be. Instead, he wrote 
the name John as the angel was instructed. And then suddenly he was off mute with that. And this is what he said in response. He said, then his father Zechariah, starting at verse 67, Luke chapter one, then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, because he has come to help and has redeemed his people. For he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. As he spoke through the mouths of his holy prophets from long ago, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. He has done this to show his mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham. This oath grants that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, may serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him as long as we live. And you, child, speaking here to his son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give people knowledge of salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the dawn will break upon us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. To guide our feet in the way of peace. On this last week of Advent, the week of peace, I think all of us can acknowledge that we desperately need to walk that path, to find that path, even to know that that path is possible. Well, we need to know that the peace that Jesus makes possible is a way of walking in this world. It's not a static destination. It's not something that's just dropped on us. And it's not an individualistic thing, privately experienced. No, it is a path of peace for us as a people to walk together a peace made possible in Jesus. You see, peace is not a static state, but a way of approaching, understanding, and responding to everything that life throws at us. This is not quite as straightforward as it sounds, is it? You see, we quickly move from Jesus being born, heralded as the Prince of Peace, to just within a few chapters of every gospel story to being mocked, rejected, persecuted, Misunderstood, misquoted, finally tried, convicted on trumped-up charges, crucified, and laid in a grave. It doesn't sound like a very peaceful story. Any of us longing for peace, I don't think that's what we imagine when we ask for peace is that kind of experience. And in the middle of all this, Jesus himself seems to go back and forth. In one point, he says, my peace I give to you, not peace of this world, right? He promises us peace. But then in another place, he he proclaims, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. How How do we resolve this conflict? Well, first, we need to understand that peace isn't the same as order. It's not the mere absence of conflict. And it certainly isn't our side winning and the other side losing. Those are the ways the world defines and often oppresses us with those definitions of peace. 
for Jane and I, this has been a particularly challenging season in the sense that for years we worked in Belarus in the former Soviet Union. They start their 20th Sunday today of peaceful protest in the streets. After years of oppression under a, a self-proclaimed communist dictator, the last communist dictator of in Europe, many have died. Thousands have been imprisoned. The entire country has been disrupted by these protests. But they are protests for peace. There's not been any violent retribution from the people. They have go out and march, the disabled, the elderly, the pensioners, the children. And they're met with incredible persecution by the police. But they are protesting for peace. Now, if you want order, you can go to Belarus. They had plenty of order, but there was no peace. You see, peace is about being delivered from something to something else. We look at the whole movement of Zechariah's song and his prophecy. It is the freeing from something, but in order to do something else with that. Our idea of peace is also dramatically affected by how we understand that we're saved. How are we saved? What are we saved from? What are we saved for? Well, we get a strong sense of this in Jesus' first sermon. When he went into the synagogue and he opened the scroll and he read from Isaiah, this, is, this story is found in Luke 4. He proclaimed these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release from the captives and regarding the side of the, and the regaining of the side of the blind to set free all who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. All great things, right? We all think, yes, this is awesome. Freedom, healing, good news. But he also left something out. Because if we read Isaiah 61, if we go back to read the prophet, we see that he ends this proclamation with these words, then the day our God will seek vengeance. And Jesus purposely, tellingly, and prophetically leaves that part out. Many scholars will say that this is why the town wanted to run him off the end of the cliff, is because he left out this idea of God's vengeance with that. Well, we see that the path of peace is forever altered with the incarnation, witness, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus the path of peace that he sets for us. We are delivered from the oppression of hatred, the need for vengeance, from fear, from ignorance, from tribalism and racism, from the incessant need to other fellow human beings, to other them. Brothers and sisters created in the image of God, no, we are free from those things. But that is going to put us in conflict with the ways of the world. So we can understand how our own walking of peace, our own being set on the path of peace, a peace that comes from God, a peace that comes from following Jesus, sets us at conflict with the mores, the paradigm, the culture, the death-dealing 
the othering, the vindictiveness and the vengeance of the world. Peacemaking may be the single most costly thing we are called to do as Christians. To give up our petty allegiances for allegiance to the kingdom. It's our only hope for peace, but it is not a path that is without conflict. I've seen this a number of times on on the internet, it says being an adult constantly means constantly telling yourself, if I can just get through this next couple of weeks, things will slow down. Right? Many of us may be thinking, if I could just get through the end of the year, if we can just get to where we have herd immunity and we're free from the constraints of living in a world in a pandemic, if we can just get the next job, if I can just find the right relationship, if I can just, if I can just, if I can just. That's not the path of peace. It's not the path of peace. The path of peace is being rooted in the reality of the Prince of Peace being born alive and still living and leading us as we reject the ways of vengeance and violence, of isolation and extremism for the cause of the world's cultures toxic messages. Folks, we are given the opportunity once again this Christmas to walk in the path of peace, to know peace as we reject these things. At Grace Church, this begins with being welcomed with belonging. We're welcomed not because we're worthy, not because of anything we've done, but because we are all created in the image of God. And the gospel is good news for everyone, especially those who have been left out, looked over, ostracized, condemned by the world. The church is to be that place of peace and belonging. And through the peaceful things that we begin to practice, when we, when we shed the ways of the world, we begin to practice peace. We become more as who we are supposed to be, who we're destined to be in Jesus. And this leads to form our faith, to form our confession of what it means to believe. Grace Church, this Advent, as two huge planets in our solar system are converging for us to see in the night sky tomorrow evening, let's likewise see the convergence of our hearts and our practices, our lives are coming and are going with the message, the proclamation, and the promise of peace that comes from Jesus. Let us see those two things become one. Thank you for listening to the Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find out more about us at gracechurchnwa.org. Have a blessed week.